you praise. We give you honor. For you reign forever. We thank you because your words are powerful. In fact, your words are power. They never fall to the ground. And we are made in your image and likeness. Thank you for trusting us with this much power. Thank you for blessing us with this much power. Thank you for giving us the ability to create. We give you praise forever. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Come on, jam your hands together for Jesus. You guys are clapping like you're clapping for me. Praise God. Please welcome your neighbor, if you have one, as you take your seats. Alright, good evening everyone. Wow, this place looks different. <laughs> Considering what last week was like. Wow, man was what? Okay, praise God. Alright, we're back to regular programming. And uh, this month, midweek, we've been teaching on Navigate and with Navigate, Navigate basically addresses the power of our words. This is we're going to be looking at the dangers of negative words, idle words. The dangers of destructive, idle, negative words. I'm reminded of the woman with the issue of blood. As far as I'm concerned, that woman got her healing even before she touched Jesus. Why? Her words. She kept telling herself over and again that if I can just touch the helm of his garments, that I will be made whole. She said it enough that it registered in her spirit such that she didn't exactly need Jesus to lay hands on her. She just needed the point of contact and boom, it happened. That's a good use of words. On the flip side of it, I remember a while ago, I was listening to a Kenneth Higgins sermon. And he was sharing about some man, it's been a while. Anyway, some man who used to be a church worker, and then I think he fell ill or maybe had an accident, and he was in a coma in the hospital. And he had relocated, so he had a pastor where he was. But in, in any case, they called, you know, Kenneth Hagin, who we all know operated in the miraculous. So naturally, you'd expect that he would pray for him and he would get up, right? So Kenneth Hagin and this other pastor spent some time praying. And while Kenneth Hagin was praying, he, he heard what sounded like an instruction from God. But he struggled with it at first because it didn't make a lot of sense. So when he was convinced that, okay, this is God, he had a word with the pastor. The summary of it is, what God told him was that some things have already been established before the foundations of the earth, and they cannot be moved. I mean, how do you hear something like that while praying for somebody who is in a coma? There's no correlation, Avi. Like, is this going to stand up? 
or not. You cannot tell me that this guy that is in the coma has died before the foundation of the earth. Like, it doesn't make any sense. So he had a conversation with the pastor. And the pastor said, hmm, that it makes sense somehow. Ah, sense, Bawo. So they called the, the brother of the person who was in coma and said, this is the instruction that, or this is the word that um, Kenneth Higgins got while praying. I said, yeah, it makes sense too. How does it make sense? Apparently, this guy, since I think he turned maybe 16 or 18, had been saying that he would not live to see 40. Well, you go, not, before you say his village people, <laughs> had been saying, for reasons best known to him, that he would not live to 40. Guess when he had the accident that put him in a coma? A few weeks to 40. And so, once it was established that if God is telling you that this thing we just get not talk, you don't, we've sealed it, we've closed the chapter before this thing. This one is just, you know, film playing out. There's no prayer you want to pray again now. Jonathan said so they closed the chapter and they walked back into the room and prayed with him and, in quote, released his spirit. They saw him smile before he gave up his ghost. He knew that it was over. He literally died about, I think, a week or two to his 40th birthday. Why? words. You know, if it was African, we would say it's village people, or we will say it's uh, their family. They don't used to live up to 40. This one is in Ibuna, so there's no village, but he, by himself, he used his own mouth. Enough that when a man of God prayed, God told him that, Oga, this thing, leave it. The question is, what have you been saying about yourself? What have you been saying over your life? Yes, you may think that the things that you're saying are not as deep as you will not live to see 40. But when they come to you and they tell you something like exchange rate is 1,000 to a naira, what is the first thing that jumps out of your mouth? Do you say, ah, this country, dot, dot, dot. I cannot even use my mouth to say it. <laughs> but you know that thing that people used to say or that you used to say. <laughs> when they tell you, oh, Phil has gone up to X, Y, Z, what's the first thing you say? When they come and meet you and say, oh, somebody passed or something bad has happened, what's the first thing you say? You know, one person that amazes me in the Bible is Job. We all know the story of Job. The, that initial wave of destruction that hit him, that children died, same day, everything. The Bible records that when they brought all of that bad news to Job, the first thing he did was to worship God. He could have screamed, Mugbeo, or whatever language, in whatever language it is that he was speaking. But the first thing he did was worship God. When you're faced with challenges, when you're faced with adversity, when somebody annoys you, what's the first thing you say? Praise God. Are you people angry? Praise God. So tonight we're going to start by looking at idle words. Idle words. Projector, please help me. Um, Matthew 12, 36 to 37. While that is coming up, let me tell you why your words are important. We all believe that we're created in God's image, right? Ah. Help me now. Uh-huh. So we all know that God deposited in us his DNA, a.k.a. we can do the things that he can do. Now, Bible records that in the beginning that God spoke, let there be light. And what happened? It's funny that somebody would say, ah, God, you harsh, oh. So, 
when Lot and his wife were going and the wife and Lot's wife turned around, she just turned to salt. Ah, ah, couldn't you have had mercy? God had already spoken a word that if she turns back, she will turn to salt. Do you understand? He wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't trying to threaten Lot's wife. The word had gone forth already. All she needed to do was just look back and palm word be. So in some cases, it's instant, right? In some cases, it feels like it's, it delays. For example, when God told them and Eve that if they ate of the fruit, that they would surely die. Did they literally die immediately? No. But we all know what happened. Abby. Death started from that point on. So sometimes it takes a while. So don't think that you can get away with your idle words because you say it now and nothing happens. What you're inadvertently doing is that you're sowing seeds of, allow me to say, death forward into your life. If you keep saying it. You feel it long enough till it doesn't have a choice but to manifest. That one is not God. It's you. Matthew 12, 36 to 37. It says, but I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. This scripture, I saw it as a teenager and it scared me. Like, into order, into watching my words. Because I, I, as a teenager, I imagine standing before God. I don't know what, what age I'm going to go meet him. But just realizing that I use my own mouth to create my life. That's this in, in an instant where it's not good. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because you're just speaking idle words. Idle words can be very many things. Hey, now, you're laughing when you say, hey, I don't die, oh. It's joke on the surface. But you know, you are a spirit being. In the spirit realm, there are no comedians there. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you think they're doing comedy laugh fest in the spirit realm. There are no comedians there. You, you, you either mean it or you don't mean it. And they don't really care whether you, whether it's from your inner being. Have you said it? Because haven't you thought about it? Isn't it interesting that the Bible says that it is with the heart that you believe and with the mouth that you confess unto salvation. That's you a sinner. Chronic sinner. Hell bound. And all you need to do is just believe it in your heart and confess and boom, you're born again. That's how powerful your words are. It's so powerful that the Bible did not stop at if you just believe in your heart. You must back it up with your words. So you open your mouth and say, I don't die. Another one that is very popular these days is Wahala. We've all heard it, Abi. Some of us even say it. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Any smart happens, just say, Wahala, Wahala, don't die. Wahala, Tiwa. Ah, where? Where is the wala? Do, do you guys understand what I'm saying? These things are so casual. You don't even realize it when you're saying it. Why? Because it's trending. In the spirit realm, they don't follow. They don't go, oh, this word is trending. So let's delete it from. Ha. <laughs> it's you. You. They're not following trend. It's you. They're addressing. What are you saying? Idle words. Another, set of, another type of idle words are doubts. You know, when someone, let, for example, maybe a man of God. How many of you know PK? Come on now, how many of you know PK? Now, how many of you really know PK? That when there are some things that PK will say that are literally prophecies, but because he's not shaking and doing hmm, hmm. You will just brush it aside and say, mm, Baba, just a play. It will shock you. 
he doesn't make the prophetic look spooky. That's interesting about him. You just say some things casually. If you catch it and you're running with it, you will see it. If you brush it aside and say, mm, what's inside there? Uh, you will not see it. In 2 Kings, there had been famine for a while. And God told the prophet that, go and tell the king oh, that by this time tomorrow, that there will be surplus of everything. And the assistant Holy Spirit that was there, <laughs> in the form of the king's uh, economic advisor, said, even if God were to open the windows of heaven, aka, now midday in charge of the storehouse of heaven, so I know what we have. Even if they open this gate, nothing can happen tomorrow. Because, that, I mean, how, 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 how does a prophet tell you that there'll be surplus tomorrow? You that did not call into the meeting, that you were not there when you met with God, you tell the prophet that, ah, even if they were to open the store, now me get the key to the store of heaven now. If they open that door, if, mm, nothing can happen tomorrow. And what did the man of God tell him? He said, you will see it with your eyes, but you remain for the guy to say, eh, <laughs> it's not enter your mouth. And that's exactly what happened. It was trampled on. Why? Idol careless words. What are the things your HOD has told you to do that seem casual? Oh, because I mentioned PK. That one is far now sometimes. Uh, your HOD in your department, what are the things that your HOD has told you to do? I can never forget one of the things that, uh, something that Minister Wally shared a while ago about how one day he came to church. Um, long story short, he had an injury on his foot and Pastor Maka would not let him come to church in slippers. He had to wear shoes. It was a hard thing to do. In fact, we can almost even argue that it was an insensitive thing to do like, ah, ah, auntie. You know what you do? Is, are your eyes working? Like, can you not see that I have wound? And they're saying, go and wear shoe. And he wore the shoes and his injury was healed. It wasn't immediate though. Before you ask, some of you are sitting there and saying, hmm, they don't come again. Calm down. Hmm. I'm not saying that he put his foot inside his shoe and, you know, you know that shimmery, uh, shimmery sounding cartoon. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he wore the shoes and he walked in pain but in obedience. And God honored that such that before the day was over, he didn't even know when the injury, when the injury was healed. Same day, not the next day, very same day. Praise God. The next one, gossip. You know, if we enter this gossip matter, we can be here till tomorrow. You people know I'll be here hey, now. Before I jump into gossip, let me ask you a question. How many people have left your department because of the things you said? Selah. Hmm. Some people are laughing. People are catching Rema there. It's okay. I should probe that department. <laughs> How many people have left your department because of the things you said? How many people have left DCC because of the things you said? And they left and you, you remained and you think you will get blessed. You said, reason them now. It's not better for you to just follow them. Yes, now. Because you are the one that your mouth cannot just stay in one place. You have oral diarrhea. It just, wah, just leaks. Your mouth just leaks. Why can't you keep quiet? Why do we need to know? Only you have the hottest gist in this church. See, let me just give you caveats now. 
if you have somebody in your circle that always knows what is going on with every single person around you, run from them. That's one easy way to spot a gossip. They're the only ones that come and meet you. Hey, guy, you hear say this guy. Tomorrow they say, you hear say this babe. Only you, every day or every day of the week that we see you, there is one new gist about somebody. If you are the one that they are always bringing that gist to, run. Because very soon, you will join. I know the interesting thing. If they tell you about others, it's only a matter of time before they tell others about you. Gossips don't have control, though. They don't have... Has anybody ever had, um, what's that thing, like food poisoning? You know that kind that you, you and toilet are best friends? You know you can't go far. That's not the day to have appointment outside. It's just you in your bedroom and toilet. Because any small thing, just go there and just say, it's okay. Just be coming when <laughs> you get up, you drink water. Uh, people that gossip are like that. They're always looking for somewhere to empty the trash inside of them. And if you're that person, I hope you're doing a self-assessment now. If, you, if somehow all the gist always comes to you, you should pause and assess yourself. Why? How do I hear all of these gists? Why are they bringing it to me? Because you know the funny thing? The devil will always sponsor trash talk. The question is, who is the medium? Who is the medium? The people of the world, they are sponsoring all sorts of madness and nudity and whatever. But all of us that are born again, that are not joining them, are we not, are we not the same human beings as the ones that are, are there? The question is, who is ready? Who is available for the rubbish? Why is it you that they are always bringing it to? I had a friend one time. That's how I ran from this person, you know. Every G. Sometimes, this was many years ago. Many, many years ago. Over a decade. And the other thing is, they will not give me just about some people that used to climb stage. I know I, not, the person now comes and they'll be thinking, hmm, and the old microphone, hmm. You're sitting there, you're trying to connect with maybe the worship or the prayer, but everything inside of you is struggling with, hmm. <laughs> I had to choose though, between... My salvation, uh, I ran for my dear life. Say, no, you can't do this to me. No shade, but the person is no longer in DCC, and guess who is still here? You can't be a party to it. You can't be an enabler of it. Proverbs twelve eighteen, projector, please. It says, there is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. I'm bringing this one a little closer to home. Because there is gossip that you do behind. There is now full-blown confrontation that you do. Some people have... Some people just don't know how to speak kind words. Have you met them before? There, you know, there are two classes of people. There are some that is only negative words. Nothing is ever good. It's always bad. Leave those ones first. The ones that they just never have anything kind to say. Wait till you do this one. Oh, there. You're not even fine. Seeing legs. Seeing this. Seeing that. Every single person that passes, they have one negative comment or the other to make about them. What is worse is some of them are now maybe like leaders, either in departments in church or in the office. And it could be, when I say some of them, it's really you I'm talking to if it applies to you. Your colleagues in the office and your subordinates in the office, what do you say to them? 
What do you say to them? How do you treat them? How do you treat subordinates? How do you treat domestic staff in your house? Do you insult your housemate one second and try to praise your child in the next second and think the child will not pick up that this is how to treat people? You'll be wondering when the child grows up that he doesn't even have manners. He doesn't, auntie, uncle, it's you. He saw you and learned from you, learned from the best. All the worst, depending on how you choose to see it. You know one of the reasons why you should be kind with your words? People are going through a lot. You people don't understand what I'm saying. People are going through a lot. And when I say people, I'm talking people generally. I'm not talking about church or whatever. Not even Nigeria. This is not a Nigerian factor. I'm talking people generally are going through a lot. Why must that straw that we break the camel's back come from you? Bele, farmer. The person is already saddled with all sorts of weights, all sorts of pressure and problems. It could be economic, it could be family, it could be mental, it could be all sorts of things. But you, old McDonald, you carry one huge bay of uh, hay and dump it on the person and Kukuma break the camel's back because of your harsh words. If you don't have anything good to say, can you just keep quiet? It's really not that hard. Do you really have to call somebody stupid? Yes, what the person did may have been stupid, but do you really have to? Because you know, sometimes we argue and say, ah, but I depend you. What's in the guy doing now? Nonsense they do now. Does it, do, do you, like, you saying it now, does it erase the, non, the said nonsense? It doesn't. Can you be kind? Have you ever seen a scenario where you say something to someone and they start crying? And you're wondering, ah, wait till I talk. I don't know, some people are too quiet now in this place. Have you experienced it, experienced it before? You just, you, somebody just, maybe a small argument, just say, oh, they see your leg, and the person just start crying. I'm wondering, ah, wait till I talk, they make it, they cry. You now realize that, oh, more, this person has problems that are bigger. You're all there was just a tap that opened the dam. Mm. You now be consoling yourself, saying, thank God, say I talk now. So say I don't talk before. No, it's bad behavior. And bad mouths. Because they will live there remembering you as the person that opened that dam. No matter how much uh, damage control you try to do. Why can't, it, why, can't, why can't you say God bless you when it causes them to cry? Despite the pain that you're in. And they'll be like, thank you. That's the kindest thing I've heard all week. Because it's one of, it's either or. Another one is slander. I'm about to shake one table. Isaiah 29, 20 to 21. Isaiah 29, 20 to 21. 20 says, this is the version I want. I think I want it in NLT, please. NLT or CEV. Okay, it says, the scoffer will be gone. The arrogant will disappear. And those who plot evil will be killed. Those who convict the innocent by their false testimony will disappear. A similar fate awaits those who use trickery to pervert justice and who tell lies to destroy the innocent. If you are here and you are seeing yourself, your photo here, take your sob. Slander. So, news reaching me is that any pastor that does hair is hell bound. 
You have not heard the news. You've heard the news, Abby. They've edited it. You know how iPhone used to do updates. There's an update on the Bible that any pastor that does hair, hellfire, straight. If you not manage to have tattoo, ah, the higher grade of hell, the hotter seats, eh, God now help you. You not even have body inside the matter. Ah. In fact, the worst of it all, you've not even acted in a secular movie. Ah. Well, you and devil, yeah, comrades. Who died and made you judge? Who? 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 Many of, many of people talking about, I saw it on, on Twitter, I think it was yesterday or two days ago. I was in shock. I'm like, Anderson, how did we get here? And you will be there. You say, it's true now, it's true now. You want that to go and get your own now. Who is stopping you? Who is stopping you? Because what many people forget is, okay, so you're going to judge him because he's a pastor's son or because he's a pastor. What about the people in the abroad who already had tattoos and already had hair before they gave that to Christ and they maintain that, ta- I mean, is there a razor for tattoo? Is there now? When, when somebody went to preach, the person did not preach to that person or the person did not stop to preach, uh, stop to, preach to that person because they had tattoo. The person preached regardless of the tattoo. They gave that to Christ. Christ has said, I'm accepting you as you are. You, with two kilobytes of data, will now feel like you can judge someone. What business? It's not even your church. It's not even your church. Papa, get your own church. You did another church. You did fire arrow. And you say village people, village people. You are, the, you, you are city people. The upgraded version of village people. What's your business? When people drag men of God on social media, be afraid. Run. When you see those tweets or those posts, run from them. Don't be so, don't be so, uh, when people call it trigger happy. Don't be so finger happy, so to speak, to just really type your comments. We don't really care what you have to say because get what? The person that's been anointed has been anointed and is doing the work. He's not calling. He's not answering to you. Do you understand? Your tithe is not entering his church. So you, we cannot even say, okay, I'm a shareholder. Nothing. And even if your tithe is in his church and you're not happy with it, you as an individual, you're not rich. So pack your load and go. Who died and made you judge? I think it was two weeks ago or so, I saw one lady drag Pastor Paul at the Pharisee. The, the first person I was talking about, you know him, there's no need to mention names in here. I saw one lady drag Pastor Paul at the Pharisee over a, a sermon that he preached. He took an excerpt from the sermon and the person said, I've combed all of scripture and this thing that this pastor said is not inside wanting to think. And all I could think of was, and you are a Christian. So you think the best way to settle this issue is to bring a man of God to the streets of social media so that unbelievers will join and flog him and you will open your mouth and say you're a Christian. It pained me for that person. Because we talk about Berean Christian. Berean Christian say they were, you know, confirming the word of God, doing all those research and things. Did they drag anybody outside? No. So you've read your Bible. This is assuming that she's right. You read the Bible, you did not see it. Uh, he took one verse out of context. We have heard. You know the writing, Abby. You'd follow the writing now. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's really not that hard. It's really not that hard. Praise God. The next one is profanity. Even know what profanity means, Abby. Swear words, dirty words, 
dirty jokes. You know those things, you know those clips, either it's a video or a meme or a gif that they send to you, that you know that if your pastor should sit on your phone, even you, you just say, it's okay, I'm going to hell, just leave me like that. Uh, and then somehow, some of you are comfortable to post it on social media or on your WhatsApp status, and you say, I just catch crews. Well, let them cruise. You cannot, I repeat, you cannot walk into God's house, open your mouth to worship God, and step right out there and say rubbish. It does not work. God is such a gentleman. He'll be gentle, he'll stay with you for a while, but if you see, say, you know, they change. Baba will just be like, oh, no. we can't do this. You've been in church long enough. You've heard the word. If you know great change, day first. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Imagine, imagine you go and visit someone, your very close friend, and on your way in, this person has a dog. A dog you've even played with before. It's not the one that's chasing you. And as you're walking in, you see one plate by the door that has the dog food inside. Now when I say dog food, I'm not talking canned food. You know there's some dogs that eat normal human being food that be like spaghetti. Uh-huh. So, it's in the plates. You've, you know how you pass things and you, you, you subconsciously register them, right? So, you don't really think too much of it. Hey, bingo, 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 and you walk in. And then fast forward maybe 20 minutes after, your friend now serves you food in a plate that looks exactly like the one that they serve bingo's food in. Are you likely, and your brain just does the line connection like, wait, you know that two seconds, I don't see this plate before. Where I see this plate? Bingo, hey, Jesus. Are you likely to eagerly want to eat that food? Answer now. Why? Now, note, please note, the disclaimer is, the plate looks like. It's just a semblance. You will not eat it, Abby. Now imagine if, as you are playing, you're, as you and your friend are just saying, he just goes to bingo. Why are you just saying, hey, hey, that guy do that thing, he carries the plate. Just, just like, he goes to the top, races, and then dishes your food and gives it to you. You know that's the end of the friendship, Abby. Because what's going on? Are you all right? <laughs> but isn't that what we do? Isn't that what we do? We are the plate, the vessel in this case. We somehow want to serve the world. By saying all the rubbish that they say. And somehow want to use that same plate to now serve God worship. How? In which word? If you will not take it, what makes you think God will? Why should, why should it be from your mouth that we hear all sorts of swear words? Why? Please, those of us that are normal, that don't swear, are we not, are we not still communicating? Because you know, there's nobody that, that have convinced themselves that communication is not really complete until... One random F word that has entered it. Eh. But those of us are talking. We're still talking. We're not talking. We're talking and everybody understands us. So why are you joining them? Why are you joining them? Profane words. Projector, let me have uh, James 3, 9 to 12. Very quickly. James chapter 3, 9 to 12. It says, with it we bless our God and Father. And with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter, and bitter from the same opening? It's not possible. 
You can't eat your cake and have it all. You can't. I'm feeling the pull to dwell a bit more on this slandering of men of God. But I've just said it, so I will walk away from it. So you know what was in my heart. Uh, stop it. It doesn't look pretty. It doesn't. Can you imagine? Is there anybody here who was, born, who was born without sin and has lived their whole life without sin? Anybody? Raise your hand and let thunder do wonders in this place. <laughs> my point exactly. Imagine if God gossiped about you. I'm not talking prophecy. You know there's prophecy, maybe man of God is saying there's somebody here, that one is different. They want to help you. Is why they're talking about you. I'm talking, pastor just go on and just say, ah, sister. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. He said, where were you yesterday? He said, sir. <laughs> Imagine if God gossiped about you. Would you like you? Would you like him? Would you genuinely say, God, I love you after he has gossiped about you? Praise God. Many people have damaged relationships because of idle words, because of careless words, because of words said in anger. Sometimes those relationships are friends, friendships. Sometimes those relationships are parents to child. If your parents say, be mindful of your words, though, they go a long way. Every single moment of anger that you have used to say, you are you're stupid. You can't even, you can never understand anything. Thank you. They're marking it for you. I don't understand. Why are you so, why, why are you so slow? Why are you so dense? Your own child. Even somebody else's child. I'll tell you one of the dangers of having a clean mouth. I'm uh, sorry, one of the benefits of having a clean mouth. So, imagine that if you, well, Imagine that there's someone, a father, right? Or a mother, anyone. And there are two kids shouting daddy from two different ends. Maybe like on the left and the right. And two of them shout daddy at the same time. And only one of those children belong to the said parents. Who do you think the parents are going to turn to first? Their own child, Abby. Now, you know that as a parent, if you see, if even if the other child that is not your own is in danger, you will naturally also want to go and help that child. But if the two of them are in danger, please, who are you likely to help first? You know. When I was in primary school, I read a book called um, The Boy Who Cried Wolf. Who remembers that book? Ah, thank God, though. You're always trying to make me look some type of way. <laughs> For those of us who never read the book, the story is very... I'll just summarize it in two seconds. There was a boy... Um, I think it was, a, it was a shepherd or something. And then they had, obviously, sheep. And then every now and again, he would shout, wolf! And then the whole town would come to try and, you know, protect the sheep. And then they find out that there is no wolf. He did it long enough that the day, he, the day there was actually a wolf, and he shouted, wolf, nobody answered him. Some of you are just hearing the story. It's okay. <laughs> Drawing from that story... Some of you have casually said, hey, Jesus, so much. That the day you actually say, Jesus, 
They say, that one, that plate, what's inside? Say, no, man, and I say they talk. One day, if you talk like one million, Jesus, only say, leave. Because as you say, now you're shouting Jesus, another person will really mean Jesus. Say, let's focus. This one, ah, he hardly says Jesus, what's going on? They will just focus attention. Because you will have casualized such a powerful name. The same name that saves. The same name the Bible says that the mention of his name that every knee will do what? And every tongue will do what? This one is not superhero movie. This is for real. That kind of power. And then you just, you, you have something that just say, hey, Jesus, I don't die. In the same breath. They can't take you seriously, ma. They can't take you seriously, sir. If God even went as far as saying that, don't call the name of the Lord your God in what? But no, we as believers, we have licensed ourselves. You know those things that they do in Las Vegas where they have some shoddy people that, that issue like married license. And we have turned ourselves to those people that we have licensed ourselves to call the name of Jesus. Because uh, nobody our Jesus. It's not our Jesus. I'm a Jesus baby. <laughs> it will shock you. Don't trivialize the name of God in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Somebody praise God. Very quickly, I'm starting to round off. I realized that one of the major reasons why people fall into these errors with these dangerous words where they say idle words or they use a lot of profanity or they slander, very often is because of pride or shame. You're wondering how I was inside. What's pride? Pride is either that you think you're better than other people or you don't think you are as good as other people. But because you don't want to show it, you mask it. So it's like defense mechanism against other people. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? It's like you're trying to protect yourself, say, may they not see me finish. It's pride because you're pretending to be something that you're absolutely not. There's also the pride of I've been hurt. This hurt I'm going through, you too, you will suffer it. It's pride. Only you don't want to accept help. Only you, you don't want to reach out. You, don't want to, you just want other people to be hurting. It's pride. And one of the fascinating things about pride is, the Bible says that <laughs> he gives grace to the humble and he does what? He resists the proud. God will resist you if you're not careful. I think it's um, Proverbs chapter 6. Project up. Let me have Proverbs 6. I'm going to start to run off with this. Proverbs 6, I believe 16 to 19. It says, these six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies and one who sows discord among brethren. Did you guys notice something in those verses? One thing was repeated twice. What was it? But you have to put the foot in on screen now. Epos. Some of you have seen Zabi. Those of you who have seen what, what was repeated twice? Inside seven things, they repeated one thing twice that God hates. Can you stop lying? It's funny, but it's actually very serious. Can you just stop lying? What do you gain by lying? 
Because many times we lie to make ourselves look good. You see those people that can, you see those people that can lie that even them, you are amazed that, uh-uh, don't you know that we all know that you are lying? Only them, they come and tell you, ah, hey, that's how the other day I was my uncle's house, you know, and he just said, ah, let's go to the airport and his private just took us to Paris, ah, 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 you have that kind of uncle you are still entering or cutter like that. Because you know there's a way you have money. And you, you and Okada we will not see. I mean, can you just imagine picking on, on your Okada? Does it make sense? Can you, can you, you can, you, even in your head, you cannot really, yeah. You say, ah, that's how the other day I was at the airport. I don't even know what happened. I was in the business class lounge and, um, Sha mentioned one big name that just came there. Ah, 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 ah. Like, how do, how are you so comfortable? How do lies just flow so naturally out of you? Stop lying. Stop lying. Stop saying bad things about other people to other people. What do you, what, what is in it for you? What? What do you stand to gain? Only you would defame people. <sighs> Can't wrap my head around this. Stop lying. Tell your neighbor, stop lying. Ah, you see, you're lying. I said, tell them, stop lying. Eh, stop lying. It's not good. You know, one of, the, one of the dangers of lying is if you, when, you, when you are a chronic liar, people will catch on after a while. You know the danger in that? The day you're actually speaking the truth, they will not believe you. You'll be, almost, you'll be in tears trying to convince them that for real, for real, but they will not believe you because every single thing you have said is a lie. In fact, as you're coming, they'll be pinching themselves and say, they hear, they hear, they hear, we see you talk. So when you start, you just say, they'll say, are you serious? And they whine you, you don't even know. Stop lying. In closing, Psalm 141 verse 3. It says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. There's a version I want this thing in. Just a second. If you don't mind. Amplified. It says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips to keep me from speaking. Uh, Are you afraid? To keep me from speaking. If you don't mind, please rise to your feet as we pray. We're going to be praying this scripture over our lives. Because if you're not careful, it's very easy to get caught up in a moment where you feel like you need to say something to impress people. Or you need to say something to establish something that nobody really cares about. The psalmist is saying, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. You know what set a guard is? That means, you know, you, know what's, you know when you go to an office or a bank and there's a guard, no matter how much you want to go in, if it's past banking hours, you know what happens, Abby? They will not let you in. Speak all the English in this world. They will not let you in. That's what this prayer is. Say, God, no matter how much it wants to come out of me, set a guard. That I will not have rest. I just know in my spirit that I'm not supposed to say this thing. This thing is not supposed to come out. You're still looking at me. You're not praying. This, this thing I want to say, I know that it's going to hurt someone. I know it's going to break someone. I know it's a lie. Set a guard over my mouth so that I don't say this thing. Keep watch over the door of my lips, oh God. To keep me from speaking thoughtlessly. 
don't let, help me not to get so caught up in the in the moment while there's cheese going on and because everybody's talking and I have to contribute something I'll just share my own and my own so that they'll know that I'm here no you can't speak thoughtlessly help me when I'm dealing with my staff or with my colleagues in the office or my subordinates or my children that I don't speak thoughtlessly I don't just playfully or casually call somebody all day Help me set a guard over my mouth. Set a guard over my mouth. I will want to say it, but I will not have rest because I know I should not say it. Discipline me, oh God. Discipline me, oh God. Help me to keep watch over the door of my lips. Your mouth is a door. You can speak into people's destinies. You can speak into your own destiny. Help me when they bring, when, I, when I hear news that is contrary to your word, that the first thing that comes out of my mouth is not negativity. It's not a lie. It's not an evil report. No matter how factual it is, as long as it is not the truth, I don't want to speak it. As long as it is not your truth, I don't want to speak it. Keep me from speaking thoughtlessly. Help me to be in control of my mind most of the, all the time so that I know what to say, how to say when to say it and even if I should say it at all so that if I don't need to say it I really don't have to say it and I will not say it because you are helping me to keep watch over the door of my lips 